I've done the research so you don't have to. So let's dive into the nine social media mistakes you need to avoid so you can grow your brand faster, help more people, and make more money. And mistake number one is a very common one that I think we've all been guilty of at some point, and that is simply dumping the same content on all social media platforms, even though clearly each platform is a little bit different and requires slightly different content. Now, I appreciate you probably can't make great content for all the different platforms. Sometimes you have to share the same piece of content on the other ones. But here's an example of how this point can still be applicable to you. So for me, I am obviously focused on YouTube, but I share the videos on some other platforms as well, Facebook and Twitter. But what I was doing at the beginning was literally just sharing the link and expecting people to click through. But of course, if people have chosen to be on the platform they're on right now, they don't really want to click off and go to a different platform. Plus, the algorithm will always penalize you for this. If you're sharing content to an, another platform or to, to another website, of course, it's not gonna push your post to as many people. So what you can do is simply take that same piece of content you've already made for YouTube in this example, but then upload it natively to the new platform. But what you can do is just give them a chunk of it, give them a little preview, maybe the first minute of the content, or better yet, the best, most enticing minute of the content. And then at the end of that, you can say for the full video, click through here. And this is a much better way of doing it because not only will the algorithm push it more because you've natively uploaded the content to their platform rather than just copying pasting content from somewhere else, but also it's more likely to get people engaged and watching because if I see something while I'm scrolling through Facebook that's a link to YouTube, I don't know if I want to watch that video. And so I don't really know if I want to click out of Facebook to go and watch it. Whereas if I can, whilst in the Facebook feed, see some of the video and go, actually, I do really want to watch this, then I'm much more likely to click through. So it is win-win and it's just a small adjustment that seems to massively boost the exposure you can get. But another thing I've found with this tailoring each post to the specific platform is simply using the name of the platform you're on. So you could say, hey, Facebook, or How's it going, Twitter? Sounds ridiculously basic, I know, but I've definitely found with posts I've made and I've seen it lots of times with other people's posts when they call out the platform they're on or just throw in something that makes it feel like the post was meant for this platform. It really boosts engagement. It feels more genuine, like you're really talking to them rather than just spamming your content from elsewhere on every platform you possibly can, which Sometimes you kind of are, because obviously we want to get as much attention on our main content as we can, but this is just a way of doing it that's going to work better for your audience and work better for you. And if you're hopping on the TikTok train at the moment, this point is especially important because the culture of TikTok is particularly different to all the other social platforms. You know, it's maybe quite a subtle difference in a way, but you know, the kind of content that works there tends to be much more humorous. It's got to be short and snappy. Often it's best to jump on some of the trends that are happening on TikTok. So that's just one example of how if you literally just copy the exact clip you've posted on Instagram, for example, paste it into TikTok, well, it's probably not going to get the same results as if you'd really thought through what's going to work for TikTok or even just adjusted that initial clip slightly to make it fit the TikTok audience slightly better. The second big mistake on social media is being too businessy. I will never understand businesses who just seem like soulless corporations on social media because they only post about their products and services in a way that almost makes it seem like every post is an ad. 
Of course you're not gonna get lots of people engaging if it's coming across that you're trying to sell them on something every single post. I think social media is a chance for businesses to show their lighter side and inject some of their business's personality into their content, show some more fun and interesting things. That's what's gonna get people engaged and then you can just sprinkle some of that businessy stuff on top once you've already got people interested. Because of course a post that reads like a press release that's all us, 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 this is how great we are, that's not gonna go viral, but if you actually put the customer's interest first and make content that's gonna be interesting for them, well, that actually might get a lot of attention and that could lead to more sales. And I think if you're trying to build a personal brand in particular, this is especially crucial. Not to get too hung up on just giving out information and remembering to show that lighter side as well. As an example, when I was first starting this YouTube channel, my thinking was, it would be good to have a channel where it's purely information, no filler, just the cold hard facts. But then I kind of realized people don't want the cold hard facts. They can get that from a boring textbook or something. People want a bit of, you know, entertainment and a bit of emotion behind the content. They want to hear examples and get behind a story. People don't just connect to the information, it's the story, right? And so I think as a personal brand, it's easy to lose sight of that a little bit and just think, right, I've got to get all the information out. I've got to get as much information out as I possibly can, get all my messages across. But no, actually, I think with a personal brand, just as with any other brand, it's about getting that connection with the audience, which you can't get if you're solely focused on just putting out cold hard facts. There's gotta be more to it to th than that. The third social media mistake is just getting hung up on the vanity metrics and not starting with the end business result in mind. Sure, likes and followers, they're important and they give us a nice dopamine rush, but we're trying to run a business. This isn't a popularity contest. So an example I've seen a fair bit recently is on Instagram. There are some girls who will pose very revealing photos uh, and get loads of likes, get loads of engagement, get lots of followers as a result. But then you'll see that what they're actually trying to do with their page is sell some sort of businessy related product. And you just think, well, they're getting all these followers, but those followers probably aren't there for the reason that they want, which is to eventually buy those products and services. It's completely unrelated. And so, you know, whatever works for you for building an audience is fine. I'm not saying there's anything against that, but what I am saying is it's easy to think, oh, this is going so well. I'm getting so many likes on all these posts. But then of course, when it actually comes to looking how much profit you're making from the business, how much traffic social media is driving into your sales and your you know, process of actually getting customers, well, you'll often find that if you've been getting the wrong kind of followers, that's not gonna translate into any actual money for you. And so my point is simply, don't get hung up on purely likes and followers and all of that because it's actually much better to have a smaller audience if they're a really engaged audience who you know, are very interested in what you're actually trying to sell, they're very interested in the type of content you want to make and that's linked to your business, that's gonna be far more beneficial in the long term, even though it doesn't look as great as having loads of followers. But remember, the quality of follower is absolutely more important, which I know is obvious, but we all get, we all do it. I, I do it all the time. I look at the numbers of things and go, oh, that's working, I should do more of that. But then I'm like, well, actually, that's not really gonna attract the right kind of people. So something that attracts less people, but attracts the right kind of people, is better long-term, which is hard to accept, but it's true. 
And so personally, that's why I think Instagram removing the likes will probably be a good thing for a lot of people because they might get a bit less hung up on how many likes they're getting. And so they'll focus more on putting out content they want to make rather than just trying to accommodate what they think their audience wants. And you know, often by putting out content that you want to make, you're gonna A, have more fun doing it, but then B, attract the right kind of people more often. So again, having just one follower who's really into what you're doing, loves it, buys all your stuff, is of course gonna be better than having 50 followers who are just there to like the random pictures you post that are completely unrelated to the business that you're in and want to make money from. And this is linked to why buying fake followers and subscribers actually does more harm than good in the long term. Because if you think about it, you've then got accounts who aren't interested in what you're gonna post or they're not even real accounts. So they're never gonna engage with your actual main content. And that's gonna send the complete wrong signal to the algorithm. Whereas obviously if you had a slightly smaller following but they were people who genuinely cared about what you posted and were engaging, that's gonna send all the right signals. And so eventually the algorithm will push you more. So buying followers and stuff, it's a very, very short-term strategy that's probably not gonna end well. Instead, don't lose sight of that end business goal and work backwards from there by asking, what kind of content will my ideal customers and clients want to see? What will they like? The fourth social media mistake you need to avoid is not automating your content. If you're just trying to do everything yourself when you get chance, well, you're probably not gonna get chance that often. Because the thing is, when it comes to posting, obviously you wanna be spacing things out throughout the day and you know, you're busy. You're probably not gonna have time to log on and post you know, at random points throughout the day. So you'll find that you tend to post always around the same time when actually it might be a good idea to mix things up a bit and test what actually works. And scheduling your content with these tools, a lot of them are free as well, where you can set things for certain times of day, plan it in advance, allows you to be much more strategic and test things out, see what's working, and probably get more posted as well because then you can batch content. And batching content is like magic for when it comes to increasing the efficiency and quantity of how much you're posting because it's much easier, say, just in a morning to go, right, I'm gonna write my 10 tweets for the day and stagger them out throughout the, the, the day and the evening than just sitting around it all day working and going, oh wait, I need to write another tweet. You know, of course it's gonna be easier to do it all in one go. And Twitter's just one random example. Batching content works for all the platforms. If you can get more of a structure in place where you set a time to just focus on making social media content and scheduling it, it's gonna be way more efficient than just doing it whenever you get chance. So it's a bit more work up front, but it pays off massively. Number five is overlooking videos and images. Now, obviously with Instagram, you're always gonna be posting a video or an image, but with some of the other platforms like Facebook or LinkedIn, you know, you can just write a text post and text posts can be very effective. But I've found, and I've seen a lot of people back this up, that if you include an image or a video, almost always the engagement is higher because we've got to put ourselves in the shoes of the people actually looking at the content and they're normally scrolling through a feed and an image or a video just seems to be much better than text at getting someone to stop scrolling because that's the idea, right? To get someone to actually stop and look at it because you could have written the best text post imaginable but if they're not stopping to look at it because they're just scrolling through, they're gonna completely miss it. So this is just giving your post an extra chance of being seen. So it's well worth doing for most posts where it's suitable. And in terms of what image you might include in your text post, the research I've seen seems to suggest that 
post with faces and especially very strong emotions in the faces work particularly well. Obviously things like vibrant colors are always gonna help as well for getting people to stop and look at something. So it's just about trying to make it eye-catching, you know, and remember when you're picking an image that it's gonna be seen on quite a small size. So you can kind of practice just looking at the image from a bit of a distance or with it resized pretty small to see when it's actually on the feed, how small it's gonna look and whether it does grab attention. And this is connected to social media mistake number six, which is overlooking the headline. Because even if you do have a great image that's really vibrant or really eye-catching and it stops someone from scrolling, if that first line of text doesn't continue that curiosity or grab that attention even more, well, it's gonna carry on scrolling. So that first line or two is actually the most important. That's your hook to decide whether people are gonna read on or not. If you can get them to press that read more, which is normally what they'll get after the first sentence or two, and actually open up the full text post, well, that's when you've normally got them. Once someone starts reading, they'll quite often continue if it's well written. But getting someone to read in the first place comes down to those first two sentences. So you should really be focusing a lot of effort on grabbing people's attention straight away with them. For example, if I was gonna post this very video on social media, I could just say, hey guys, hope it's going well. I've just made a new video. Would love for you guys to check it out. And then even if I go on to explain what it is, because it's only those first two lines which are actually gonna be seen before the read more, you know, people aren't gonna know what it's about until they scroll further down. And I don't know about you, but that didn't grab my interest much. I wasn't that excited to see what it was. I didn't, you know, I'm, if, I'm, if we're busy, we're not gonna have time to read every post fully. So that's why those first two lines are important. So maybe instead I could say, these are the nine mistakes that are costing you customers. And so, you know, it's nothing spectacular, but it is enough to go, huh, well, what are the nine mistakes? You know, just a little bit of intrigue and straight away get into the value of what you're going to provide them. What's going on here? It really does make a difference. So my point here is simply after you've written a post, go back and specifically look at those first two lines and ask, how could I make this more exciting to make sure people are actually going to get to the rest of this message. Social media mistake number seven is not knowing who your ideal avatar is. Who exactly are you trying to reach with this content? And the key word there is exactly. Because this is a mistake I've definitely made before, and I know lots of other people do. You just fall into this trap of, you know, just putting content out there, not really considering who the person is who's gonna be looking at it. And the reason this is so important is that if you just focus on making content for everyone, you're kind of making content for nobody. You have to have a bit more tailored, specific content for it to really resonate with someone. It has to connect with a specific audience. That doesn't mean other people can't like it and benefit from it too, but if you've got a clear niche that you're directing the content to, they're gonna be the ones who actually end up really loving it because it feels like it's meant for them. And so they're gonna then go on and love all your other stuff and become a fan, buy your products and so on. So I really do think it's worth not just thinking of a vague kind of category, oh, I wanna target, you know, guys who are age 18 to 25, that's a good starting point, but go further, really build out that avatar, as I said, you know, so consider what's this ideal person I'm making this content for? What are their hobbies and interests? You know, what are they looking to get out of this content? What do they want to change in their life? The more you can go into the granular, granular details of that, 
the better you can understand who you're trying to serve and then you'll serve them better. And so, you know, I've said this before, but I really do believe that going more niche, both in terms of your content and in terms of who you're making it for, is often a very good strategy, especially at the beginning, because if you're trying to serve the masses, that is very difficult to do. Social media mistake number eight is not replying to every comment. At least at the very beginning, I think there's no excuse for not answering every comment that you get, because why wouldn't you? For a start, it builds your post engagement, but more importantly, it builds a connection with your audience, which I know I've said before about connection, but it does matter because there's so much content out there now. So many people are posting on social media and probably about the same topics that you are, that means you've got to do something to make sure you stick in that person's mind. And if you can actually have a two-way conversation with them, well, that's definitely going to do that. That's definitely going to build that trust, going to build that feeling of they want to see more from you because they feel like they know you a bit better. So again, I don't see any reason why when you've got the time at the beginning and you're not getting a huge amount of comments that you wouldn't be engaging with your audience fully, asking them questions, finding out more about them. And, you know, it's actually quite enjoyable and it helps with that thing I was just talking about, building an avatar. You know, you, when you get to understand who your viewers are more and more about what they want to see. So it's it's win-win all round and, you know, I don't see any reason why you wouldn't. Social media mistake number nine is not focusing on one main platform. Now, I definitely think all social media can be a great way to drive traffic to your business, get more fans and just grow your brand. But at the very beginning, it is very difficult to really go all in with all the different platforms you've got. There's a lot of different social media platforms. So I definitely believe that focusing on one in particular at the beginning is a very good strategy. Now, I definitely don't mean that you should only be on one platform because that's obviously very risky to rely solely on one site for your entire brand. But I do mean that it's a good idea to double down on either the platform that's working best for you or the platform where it suits your content style or your audience more. Because it's surely gonna be easier to rapidly grow on one platform that you're really focused on and that you're spending time understanding, you know, how the algorithm works and what content works best, than if you're equally trying to spread your attention between Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, Twitter, TikTok, and so on. You know, that's, that's a lot of platforms to try and deal with. Where, whereas if you've just got that one main one, then as you scale that and you grow your brand there, well, it's much easier then just to say to your existing fans and subscribers, well, hey guys, I'm also on these other platforms. Go check me out there. And that's a much easier way to do it, I think. So you definitely should still have those other profiles. You should still put some content out, repurpose content from your main platform onto those other platforms. But don't get into the trap of equally focusing on every single platform and thinking you have to be constantly on all of them because just doubling down on what's working, what makes most sense and really growing on one main platform seems to be a winning strategy. If you look at a lot of the big names on any platform, it tends to be that they really focused on one specific platform and then once they had an audience, they directed them to other places. It's kind of like that quote, jack of all trades, master of none. Well, we want to be the master of one platform. That's how we're going to get the best results for our business. And so 
with this, we don't want to neglect platforms. I'm just saying we definitely need to understand which is going to be our main one so we can double down on that. Now, that does conclude the nine big social mistakes you need to avoid, but this video isn't done yet because I want to share with you another mistake that isn't necessarily one of the most common, but it's something I personally struggled with and didn't even realize it for a little while. And so I want to share it in case any of you can relate because I think it is an important one that's often overlooked. And that is over planning, which sounds a bit weird because in self-development, we're so often told planning is the answer. You need to plan. And I myself have said planning is a good thing to do. Of course it is. But there is a point where it crosses over into over planning, where you begin worrying too much about how I'm going to do this, when I'm going to do that. And, you know, complicating things too much, focusing on little details about how you're going to do things rather than actually doing them. I think we can all agree that for most businesses, posting more content on social media would be a good thing to do. But the reason we often don't is because of over planning and getting hung up on the small details that don't actually matter that much. And we're too worried about how things should go rather than actually taking action and doing them. So if that does sound familiar at all, then I actually did a whole video essay on quality versus quantity, which is very linked to this. Because if it were as simple as quality or quantity, then of course quality wins. But it's not that simple. There's more to it. And so that's right there if you want to check it out. Or if you're more interested in specifically growing on YouTube, then I highly recommend checking these out as well. Hope to see you there. Thanks for watching. Good luck.